the rumors are true. It's a recap for Friday's 10 games, Black Friday. We're going to talk all about it. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I've got a little red truck hole in a Christmas tree. And I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app and use the promo code LockedOnNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms. 10 games on. I don't think I'm going to do the full, full show because um, I do have somewhere to be. It's the weekend. It's why I don't normally do a show on uh, on a day like this. But with Thanksgiving and no games yesterday and then 10 big boys on today, I thought I'd bring through a little bit of a recap show. So we'll get into it right now and uh, and talk about those 10 games from Friday. Just get you kick-started, though, with a little bit of news that has um, that has appeared. Um, I did reference this on the um, Look Ahead show earlier today, but the NBA is in, uh, opening that investigation to the Josh Giddy underage allegations. Uh, we'll guess we'll find out more soon. I Giddy's not on the injury report for tomorrow, so I'm guessing that he plays. I doubt the NBA is going to conclude this investigation within 24 hours. And that game is an early game tomorrow as well. I believe it's a 5 p.m. Eastern start time. So I expect that he plays, but who knows? Like Anything could crop up in that next period of time. And uh, things aren't looking particularly good uh, in that scenario. But obviously, this, uh, we've got to wait for a little bit more information there on the investigation uh, to come out before we know exactly what is or how that's going to play out. What we do know is that Jalen Williams is out for that game. And then, out of nowhere, Walker Kessler has been uh, upgraded to questionable. So, there you go. I don't know whether he plays or not, but that uh, potential stream of Kalyalinic may not work particularly well, which is, uh, you know, not great after he comes back. They, well, not he comes back. After they finally put him in the starting lineup, he balls out, and then it's one game, and then Kessler's going to return. So we'll see exactly what happens there. I wouldn't drop Olenek just yet if you added him because A, we don't know that Kessler's returning or B, we don't know what role they're going to give Olenek when Kessler comes back. But obviously not a particularly strong, um, not, not, the, not the brightest of outlooks uh, with Kessler already upgraded there for Kali Olenek. Let's take a look at some waiver wire trends over the last 48 hours. The most added players, Jaime Huckers, is number one, up 32%. He is playing a lot of minutes. His production today was a little bit uh, a little bit not good, but we'll talk about that later on. Craig Porter Jr. up 15%. That is definitely chasing because we do expect that Donovan Mitchell plays tomorrow. I guess the advantage here is the Cavs have three games in four nights starting on Saturday. They've got the weekend back-to-back, but we could have both Mitchell and Okoro back along with Levert, who's already back. I'm not really sure where Porter fits in. So while that is a nice little, it was great to start the week. It's a nice little short-term boost for Craig Porter. I don't know how it's going to stick. Uh, Kyle Lowry up 15%. The Heat do play Friday, Saturday, back-to-back. Lowry may not play on Saturday. That's not confirmed. Uh, Isaiah Joe up 13%. Again, I'm guessing this is um, Giddy-related stuff, so people have added Isaiah Joe. Cole Anthony up 12%. His last like three games have been excellent. 
They've got a nice upcoming schedule, uh, I believe, as well coming up. And with Marco Fultz still sidelined, he's, he's doing a good job. And then Goga Badadze, although we'll talk more about the Magic a little bit later. Goga had played well prior to today, and he was outshone a little bit in their big, big victory over the Boston Celtics. The most dropped players, number one is relatively obvious. It is Skylar Mays. He's down 44%. He can be dropped in 10s and 12s and 14s and probably nearly every league, honestly. He's not going to be a rotation player. Cam Reddish down 20%. He's still injured at the moment. Um, actually, do we, is he even playing in today's game? We'll find out when we get to that game because I'm recording bits and pieces of this in advance. Uh, but he's fine to drop. Jordan Hawkins down 12%. Reasonable drop. Lou Dort down 11 I don't think if Giddy is suspended that it impacts Dort really at all. So I, I don't think you need to hold on to Dort. Norman Powell down 11%. He was injured, but he is actually playing today. So I'm not probably didn't need to go super hard on dropping him there. While Bilal Kulabali is down 10%. I get it. He's not a must-roster player. It would be a very, very long-term stash with, I think, relatively limited upside for this season. So I understand dropping him in that scenario as well. That is the news. They are the waiver wire trends, and we're going to get into recapping the 10 games. But today's episode is brought to you by the Game Time app. You shouldn't have to worry when buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events that are near you. Killer, last-minute deals, they're all in pricing. They offer the views from your seat as well as their best price guarantee. Game Time is there to take the guesswork out of buying tickets. The zone deals is a great feature they have. Instead of you picking a specific seat and, sit and row, you just pick a section. You know, I want to sit over there. And game time will go in and get your specific seats. But because you've chosen the zone deal, you can save on average up to 18% on those tickets. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A for $20 off your first purchase. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So let's do this. Let's get into the games. And there was a very, very early um, early schedule for today's action. The first one, the Orlando Magic. Following on the trend from last season, they thumped the uh, the Boston Celtics. And uh-huh, I could have given them one of those, but I was a little bit late on it, but you still got it. So there we go. 113-96, the Magic beat the Celtics. Big news here is Christos Porzingis suffering a bit of calf tightness, and he's having an MRI. He lasted 22 minutes. We never like to see that. He thinks there's nothing serious, but you'd have to expect there's going to be missed time here for Porzingis. Nine and four with two steals. We already had Al Horford starting in this game because Drew Holiday was out, and we talked about this ad nauseum with the Celtics in the offseason, is that they're great, but their depth is shitful. And if they're going to be out two guys, and they're going to be pumping big minutes into Luke Cornett and O'Shea Brissett and blokes like that, and that can be a problem. Cornet, though, had 25 minutes, 12 and 6, two steals, two blocks. That's excellent. So if you want to stream someone in, Cornet might be that guy if these guys remain, remain sidelined. Well, we've got 39 Jason Tater minutes on, on some rough field goals, but good from the line, 26 and 5. And maximum Derek White had 16, 5 and 4 with a triple one. Al Horford, 33 minutes. He would be an ad with Porzingis out. He only had 3, 5 and 3, which is obviously really, really bad. But it's worth grabbing him in a scenario where you do need some big man numbers. And Jalen Brown, Jesus, this guy, man, what a what a rough start to the year he has had. 18 points in 39 minutes, 27% on 22 attempts, 
Four of seven from the line. He did have three steals, but only three rebounds and two assists. Being really, actually really bad. He's probably copped it the most out of all of the names on that team. Porzingis and Drew and Tatum and White, I would say. He's uh, he's really dropped off. He hasn't done himself any favors, but he hasn't played well. For the Magic, Paolo Bunkero, 23, 7, and 5. No defensive stats, but great efficiency. There were plenty who were steering clear of him in drafts, but I would say that he has... Um, put a lot of those concerns to the side so far. Wagner had 17, 8, and 6. That's Franz, but Mo Wagner had 27 points. Now, this is a Mo Wagner special. He does very well against Boston for whatever reason. He shot unbelievably well, but 27, 3, and 0. That's a Jordan Poole line. Not, and we'll talk about Poole later, who didn't have a Jordan Poole line today. Not much else going on there for Mo, but him and Gogo just going back and forth. Like, Badadze played 19 minutes the dart, and he had 6, 5, and 3 with a steal and a block, and both guys can be 12-team players. Cole Anthony did have a trip to the locker room, but he was able to return. 16-3-6, two steals, a block. Shot 17 times, which is a lot. Um, and only he was 35%, but some good numbers with Markel Fultz sidelined. And Anthony Black started, played six minutes, got benched, never returned. He, Like I said the other day, there was someone who left a comment, and I always appreciate this sort of insight. In the guy. Look, he struggles offensively, but his defense is pretty good. I still don't think he's anywhere near ready for NBA action. And at the moment, I would say that the, um, the Magic maybe feel the same after benching him after six minutes. But you obviously don't need to care about him in any fantasy league outside of Dynasty. Like, you don't need to care about him this season. I think we don't need to worry about John Isaac either. 16 minutes, 5 and 7. The thing was, maybe he gets the extra minutes in um, with with Wendell out and with Fultz out a little bit. But he's like hovering mid-teens. He's not pushing to that 20s. We sort of get 19 or 20 in one game. We thought, all right, are we getting further than that? But no, they've pulled it back from there. And that's really hard to rely upon that. While Suggsy had 10 points in 28 minutes, not a good night from Jalen. He has been playing really well, but this obviously was uh, was not it from Suggsy. The second game was the Suns. Pretty easy victory over the Grizzlies, 110-89. No Durant, no Beal, no Eubanks. So we got a starting lineup that included Kata Bates Diop. Six points for Diop, or Bates Diop, sorry. But he did have one steal and two blocks. And he just, whenever he seems to play minutes... He gets defensive stats. That's what he's useful for. Obviously, we're not caring a huge amount unless we hear that Durant is out more games. Booker, 30, 33 minutes, 40 and 5, 4 assists, 4 steals, a block, 71%. He's been ridiculous. He's been very, very good. Nurkic also got the minutes back up, 33 minutes, 6 and 10, 6 assists, 2 steals, and 2 blocks. That's also really good. There's going to be people who tell you that Nurkic has been disappointing this season. I think their heads are on their ass, but they will think that. And might enough they've got him on their team. But if they do, you definitely want to acquire him if they don't believe that he's been good. Eric Gordon, 20 points with one rebound. Not much else going on there, but 20 points is nice. While Allen had 14, 2, and 3. And they continue to be stream options while Beal is out without having a full reliability on which one's going to do it on which game. The Grizzlies, Jesus. Um, yeah, look, let's talk Jaron. 29 minutes for Jaron Jackson. 13 and 7 on 39% without a block. It, I don't think it... I don't think it can get worse for Jaron Jackson, but as you're aware, we, I, I, and if you listen to my comments and you don't have to, I mean, you, you listen to them, you don't have to believe them, you don't have to follow them, but if you did listen to my comments, you would have heard me say, I do not think, I think it's insane to take him in the first round. I think it's insane to take him in the start of the second round. Maybe look at the end of the second, but to me, he's more a mid third sort of a player because those blocks are just not a realistic or a reliable source of value. And it's been way worse than I thought. But he is absolutely transitioned into a buy-low. The Stephen Adams thing has, has killed him. And that's not coming back. But Ja Morant will help eventually. Biombo, 
Like he's just being mid. Like he's okay to roster. I don't know if you 100% have to. Six and four for Bismack in 29 minutes while Des Bain played through the foot injury. I'm a little surprised he did. Probably shouldn't have. Six points on 25% shooting, but five rebounds and 10 assists. Well, Santi Aldama. Um, all right, tell, you figure it out. 27 shots, five shots, 20 shots. Started every one of those games. One of them, yes, there was foul trouble and he played only 23 minutes, but still. Um, the usage is good. The plus minus is dreadful. The peripheral production's bad. He's a 12-team league guy for now. I, I don't see how it sticks, though. And David Roddy and Derek Rose had the best fantasy value on the team, which gives you an indication. 17 points for Rose on 89%, while Roddy had 14 and 4 with two steals and a block. Roddy will do this, and then he'll go 0, 1, and 0 in 28 minutes in the next game, and I wouldn't add Rose or Roddy. Uh, Jacob Gilead started six points in 24 minutes. We don't need to roster him. This team continues to be disastrous. Well, John Concha, I think, played 33 minutes last game and had one point here in 18. So another one of those guys that you've just got no business being able to rely upon. The next one is the Miami Heat. They choke away a uh, very, very sizable lead and lose in the end to the Knicks. Uh, final score, 198. There was no Duncan Robinson, obviously no Tyler Hero for the Heat, and Drew Smith out for the season now with that ACL injury. Jim Butler, 23 points. Mr. Key shot late, 37 minutes, while Adebayo returned for 21 and 12. A lot of guys with two steals on this team. Highsmith had two, Lowry had two, Richardson had two, and Bam had two. Lowry, again, was strong. 20, uh, 20, uh, 10, 8, and 2, two steals is good enough. Well, Jaime Huckers, 35 minutes off the bench is impressive. 15, 5, and 4 looks great, but 17 shots for 35%. Now, I went to look at his numbers because his projections were really low in my system. And I went, okay, well, what's going on? Everyone's talking this bloke up. And why are his projections off? And I went and looked at him. And his numbers made no sense. Like, he was shooting 45% from three. He was shooting, I think, 52% from mid-range and, like, 71% from the rim. Like None of this stuff adds up to anything this guy is going to be able to do. So I, I didn't make those adjustments to his projections because it was not realistic to consider that. The efficiency fell way off here. I love that the assists are there and the rebounds are there, and they're pumping a lot of minutes into him with these guys out. I'm just not convinced that he's anything more than an interesting fantasy option at times to stream versus being must roster. But they play again tomorrow, so we roll it out again. Highsmith brought out the two steals on 17%, while Caleb Martin went back to 18 minutes after playing uh, a lot more in the last game. Now, I'm guessing they sort of held him back because it is a back-to-back, but I do not believe that Caleb Martin's a must-roster player. You can try it in for tomorrow, but that's probably about it. Joshy Richardson did make the start with dunk out. 15, and then a big Richie Benno. Two threes, two rebounds, two assists, and two steals for Josh Richardson. Maybe, maybe we look at him tomorrow. I think we do. He's a pretty good stream option there for the Knicks. They went with Hartenstein over Mitch Robinson. Big him, Hartenstein part of the big unit that was able to bring them back. And this has happened for the Knicks many times over the years. Is Hartenstein and quickly get him back into the game. Hartenstein, two and five only, but two steals and a block and plus 18, while quickly had 20 and four in 26 minutes, and he was a plus 22, while Quentin Grimes and Mitch Robinson, minus 20 and minus 17. So Thibodeau made that change to get more minutes into those reserves. Now, he's a stubborn bastard. We know this. So he's not likely to switch the lineup up or anything, but that's what happened in this one. Joshy Hart, 10 and eight is solid enough. Randall, yeah, what? it's a low usage game from Julius, 13, eight and seven, and Rowan Barrett, 18 and seven. Uh, on 20% shooting from three. So that three-point shooting is obviously dead. And Brunson had 24-3-3. and three. I, Overall, like there's not a lot to like there. Dante DiVincenzo had really good minutes last time out for the Knicks, and then he went back to 16 for five and four. So if you had added him and you were a little bit excited about the playing time he got last game, 
you can move on. And it's going to be the same thing. It's hard and quickly and Barrett and DiVincenzo and Grimes. And it's just a toss-up every single game, basically, to try and figure out who's going to get the minutes on a game-by-game basis. You stream them in, you hope you pick the right day. And that's realistically about all you can expect. Today's episode is also brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Score early this NFL season and NBA season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's never been a better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So go to fanjul.com slash locked on, and you can get into the NBA season. Have a look. What are the odds to win the in-season tournament, the old IST, the NBA Cup? You can check that out. MVP odds as well. Tyrese Halliburton may be worth a shot in that one there too. Over at Fanjul. Fanjul, an official partner of the NFL, and don't forget to gamble responsibly. Let's go to the next game. It was the Toronto Raptors. My two favorite teams, the Raptors beating the Bulls 121-108, the final score. The Bulls were without... No, everyone, everyone's back. But then, of course, they lost Alex Caruso. What an absolute clockwork situation this is. Caruso starts, minutes up, plays well, gets hurt. Every time this shit happens. This man, unfortunately, cannot... cannot it's, it's turning a little... I don't want to say it. It's turning a little John Isaac where his body just cannot do it. And that's annoying. Seven and two in 18 minutes. I don't know if he's going to miss any time. I don't know if it's serious. I don't know. But I do know there is a clear pattern here with Caruso. And that means you probably can move on. Zach Levine returned 36-4-3 on 70% shooting. Sick. No free throws. Who is he? DeAndre Ayton. Everything else there looks pretty good. And it's good to get a bounce back. Well, what is also very encouraging is that Kobe White was solid enough with Levine there. 14, 3 and 3, 4 triples, not blowing anyone away. And uh, White actually entered this game with a questionable tag. I actually benched him in a lot of my leagues because I just didn't know if he was going to play. But good enough, good enough numbers. And now we turn from um, Levine being pissed to DeRozan being pissed. He was angry at the end of the game because the Raptors were running up the score. Bro, can you learn the rules? I'm pretty sure the Raptors were already out. But these situations, sorry to you, DeMar. Don't, I hope you don't get too upset about this. Actually, I'm going I'm to put you on this first. Man, people get so upset when I put that on their favorite player. That's so disrespectful. You can't do it. I can do it. Damari's on wash watch. But getting upset the players shoot at the end of the games, play harder. Like, there's, they're not, there's only a couple of sports that seem to do this to me where you're not encouraged to just keep pounding your opponent. I, and then a lot of this is cultural. Any sport here, if you're playing like... In Australian football, like you're playing an opponent, you pump it into him. You want to beat him by as many as you can every game. 100 points? Cool. 150? Let's blow them out. Like that's what you try to do. They don't just start chipping it back and forward and, oh, we're not going to have shots at goal. No one does that. Over, over in America, though, it's sorry, like, can't run up the score. It's disrespectful. It's disrespectful to be shit. Maybe be better. That's one of those things that I always, as my old man washed watch continues, I'll always be pissed about. Just play, man. Like, and, and, and then getting upset that someone does something against that, mate. It's, it's soft as shit, Damar. You might want to focus on hitting some shots. 19 points on 44% with 56 from the line. That's five of nine. His elite free throws have not been as good this season. His two-point percentage is well down. And he is not someone that I was interested in drafting much this season at all. Um, and he's outside the top 75. And I think there is room to improve, but I also don't have him projected to improve that much. And it hasn't been good. Vooch... 
Nine points, low usage, eight rebounds, 36%. Another man who is outside the top 50, outside the top 100 over his last five games. He's got some room to improve on some of his efficiency stuff, but it's not looking good. This team is disgusting. They need to blow all of it up uh, post-haste. Good game from Paddy Williams, though. By his standards, 12-5 and five with two threes in 22 minutes for the Raptors. Let's do our immediate check. What is the Siakam and Barnes usage test? Well, now I don't know what to do because it had been like one gets 26, one gets 21, and they alternate it back and forth. In this one, they were both low. I don't know what to do with that. Barnes, 17 usage. He was plus 19, and he got two blocks. 13, 10, and 6 with a steal on two blocks. Really, really strong line. He is settling in in that third, fourth round zone versus first and second that he was earlier in the season. While um, Siakam had 18, 3, and 8 on 20 usage. I, again, don't know what to do with that. The Jedi. We've been waiting for a big game for OG Ananobi. The buy low bump kicks in. 26 and 6, 5 triples and a steal on 71%. And you know, I just, I don't know why I'm going to say this, but when I say buy low bump, I don't actually think that I'm encouraging them to play better. It's just that this is the way that variance tends to work. And when you're trying to look at the numbers, stuff will turn around. That's generally how I like to look at things. So while it always might seem like a coincidence or they're being motivated to do it, it's just generally the way this stuff happens. Schroeder was rough with his efficiency, 17-0 and 5. Well, Jakob Pertl, good to get 31 minutes out of Jakob Pertl. And if there's a player in the NBA that I have no idea what they're going to do minutes-wise, game by game, it's this bloke. 15-10 and 3. 88% shooting, 1 of 5 from the line, stinks. But the other stuff's really good, and I just don't know what's going to happen every game. While Achua had 8 and 7 with 3 blocks in 18 minutes, and um, Chris Boucher down to just the 10 minutes of playing time as my Raptors beat my Bulls. Let's go to Indiana and check out the Pacers and the Pistons. The Pistons lose 113-136. Jalen Duran returned, and... um. Geez, these coaches just stay, stick with the weirdest ideas. Oh, we're going to put him on the bench. We're going to ease him back in. Bro, he played 29 minutes, mate. What, what for? Why? Why would you? Why bother? Anyway, 29 minutes for Duran. Passport legend had 13 and 13 with four assists on 50% shooting. Solid. Kate Cunningham played 38 minutes. And yes, he shot 39%. That's not very good at all, obviously. But he got to the line nine times and hit all nine of them. That is a W. 31, three and five is also a W. Two threes is also a W. 38% usage is also a W. So as well, as much as Kate has sucked this season, he hasn't been that bad. And it is starting to come around. Marvin Bagley started at three blocks in 14 minutes. And honestly, probably the biggest surprise of the day right there. While Asar Thompson had eight and six with three assists and a block in 30 minutes. Asar's usage was well down here. It's not that he's a high usage player at all, but we have seen his production really start to tumble after an insane start to the season. He's still holding him, obviously but some uh, drop-offs there in his numbers. Jaden Ivey was pretty good. 25-2-3 with a triple one. 56% shooting is good. He's been relatively efficient this season. There's a lot here that's weird, though. He shot 17% from three and 80% from two. So overall, that stuff probably does end up coming down. Marcus Sasser, just five minutes. He's basically out of the rotation now. And Alec Burks down to 14 minutes and Killian Hayes down to 17. People are still rostering Burks and Hayes in 12-team leagues, and they obviously shouldn't, but you probably should add Ivy. Isaiah Stewart, 27 minutes, 10 and 6, two steals and a block. That's not a bad line, but with Duran back and Bogdanovich returning, I don't see how Stewart maintains 12-team value. If he's even had it at all, he hasn't, and I don't think you need to roster him. What else is going on with that team? Not much there. Oh, yeah, no, actually, that's true. 26 minutes for Isaiah Livers. Now, he's not going to be able to maintain that, I don't believe, when Boyan Bogdanovich returns. But the fact that his spacing is being used the way it is, 
is interesting to see how they use Bogdanovich. Two games back and big 20 minutes plus for Livers already. He is a very poor permanent producer for fantasy, but his role is what I'm more interested in here. For the Pacers, only 27 minutes for Miles Turner. He had five fouls. But 23 and 10 and five blocks is excellent. While Halliburton had 26, 2 and 10 on 39%. That's a rare off night with field goal percentage. No Aaron Neesmith, Obi Toppin started, but it wasn't as good as the other games. He only took eight shots and had 15, 3 and 2. You can still stream him while Neesmith is out, but that's about it. While Budrick had 28 in his start, uh, Chivano 18 points, had three threes with four rebounds. He should be rostered while they continue to start him. Benny Matherin played more minutes than healed. Interesting development. He was a plus 27 in this game. He had 15, but only two rebounds and zero assists. I don't believe you need to roster Ben Matherin in 12-teamers. And Brucey Brown, 10 points is not good. 30% is not good. Four rebounds, five assists, and three steals is good, as is 37 minutes. I'll, the same thing applies for Brown. If you want to drop him in 10-team, go ahead. In a 12-team points, go ahead. In a 12-team category, I'd probably hold. But if he's your worst player, he's expendable. All that advice, I think, just is, remains the same. We also got both Isaiah Jackson and Jalen Smith playing, and they played together. Jackson continues to be an unbelievable permanent shot blocker. Eight and six with three blocks in 19 minutes. The problem is he's the third string center and we just can't see him playing that often. Always want to keep an eye out to see how things change. And it was interesting to see these centers play together in this one. But I don't think we need to get overly excited while Sticks had eight and six in 21 minutes. Jarris Walker does appear a long way away uh, from rotation minutes there in Indiana. The next game... The Sacramento Kings, huge win for the Kings on the road against the Wolves. They looked way too good in this one. Darren Fox, 36-7-12 with a steal. And what I'm most encouraged about, you know that sometimes I'll pick apart what Fox does because I think it deserves it. We need to always work out how versus what, right? But what I'm encouraged by here is he puts up 36-7-12 and and it doesn't come on 80% finishing or 50% three-point shooting. He only shot 44%. This is just pure volume. And that's what's impressive. Sabonis, so 15, 11, and 5 with three blocks and two steals. Honestly, what the hell happens here? You get five defensive stats from Sabonis and you get 40 usage from Fox. Amazing. The pencil Harrison Barnes. Barnesy had 18 points with two threes in 33 minutes. Maybe Keegan Murray was holding them all back. And Fanta Pants, 10 points in 24 minutes. I'm going to tap the sign. You don't need to roster Kevin Herter. And you also make sure you abuse me every time he has a good game. I, I love that. Make sure you do that. Malik Monk um, had 17 points in 30 minutes with no assist. That's okay. Again, he's a borderline guy. And they're just giving some really interesting minutes to Trey Lyles. He had 9 and 7 with three threes in 19 minutes. A very good deeper league guy. While Chris Duarte continues to not be very good. He went scoreless in 22 minutes. He will not be in this rotation long term, I don't think. For the, um, for the old Wolves, Goose had a problem with his elbow. He returned, but we got to watch it. Awesome game overall. 35, 7, and 5. Two threes, two steals, and two blocks. That's a Richie. Uh, 38 from the field is yuck, but 17 of 18 from the line is great. One of the things holding back Edwards over time has been his free throw shooting, but it has improved. While Towns had 27, 11 with four steals, uh, four threes, no defensive stats. Gobert, 12, and 11, just a stock standard game for him, while Alexander Walker played 22, and Kyle Anderson played only 18. Yuck. They went with Troy Brown. I guess that's why they lost. If they're going to dick around the minutes like this, then Anderson, you don't need to bother with it with McDaniels out. He was interesting to have a look at if they were going to give him 28. If they're going to move it around like this, the inconsistency means you just stream when necessary. And and streaming today, I think still probably was the right call, but didn't work. That's what happens with streamers. We only got 18 minutes from the Wizard of Noz. Nas Reed, he had um, nine points, but two blocks. 
those minutes are not enough for Nas to be a must-roster 12-team league player, um, I don't believe. Are the Wizards competitive? I don't know. They were in this one. 128-131, they go down to the Bucks. Wes Unseld is finally running a rotation that makes sense. Bilal Kulabali was out. As I think I talked about this on the preview show, either today or yesterday. said, if Bilal is out, I'm a bit interested in Corey Kispert. 20 points, 33 minutes, 6 triples. Now, what Kispert is is a scorer who hits threes and does nothing else. But we saw the production ramp up. Tyus Jones, 22-7-7. Hello. 64% shooting from Tyus. That's very interesting. While Kuzma couldn't keep the double-digit assists going, but took 22 shots, had 22 points with 4 assists and 2 blocks. And Jordan pulled, Jordan pulled. This is what we what we expected, I guess. Like, I look at this and go 26-5-7, 20 shot attempts, 45% shooting, 9 free throw attempts. Absolutely bang on, right? You would hope that usually he's not a 78% shooter, he's a 90% shooter. But that is why I looked at Jordan Poole as a late third, fourth round player. A lot of usage, good assists, good free throw percentage, and a good volume of threes. The problem is he's been dreadful. Although, last three games, top 50. I'm not saying Jordan Poole is back. Not at all. This is one of the most volatile blokes in the league in terms of production and usage. But after whatever foolishness was going on for the first 10 or so games where the rotations made no sense, the rotations have stabilized. They make sense. They're more consistent. And we're seeing bigger games from Tyus, from Kuzma, and from Poole. So it took a while. took four weeks, five weeks to get here. And it's why we'll always preach. You have to be willing to be patient, take some L's in three first two, three weeks, and definitely don't normally look to extend it to four or five. So that is pushed it out a little bit far. But shit settles, and it's settled pretty well here. Same as Dan Gafford. Again, there are going to be people who tell you that Gafford's been a bust. Well, sick. I'd love a top 80 player you picked in the 90s to be a bust. Eight and nine, four assists, one steal, two blocks. I don't know what more you want. Again, there was ups and downs with minutes and they were playing bloody Danilo Gallinari over him, which made no sense. But now they've figured out what makes more sense. It's working better. They're still shit, but there is more consistency in production. Avdia has really fallen apart after a really strong start to the season where he was taking all the pool shots. Two points in 28 minutes. 17% shooting, five rebounds, five assists. Now, I think is a solid player, but I, I am nowhere near as high on Denny as other people are as a prospect. I think he's a totally serviceable player who on good teams probably isn't a starter. He can defend okay. He can handle okay. I don't trust his shooting or his offense. I don't look at it as some egregious sin that they don't pump every available um, developmental minute into Denny. I think he's fine. I think he's okay. I don't think he's a high-level prospect personally. But I've never thought that about him coming into the draft either. Um, so I'm not... Like, the two points is obviously weird, and 17% shooting's bad. He'll be better than this, and he's still rostering, but I don't see him as this squandered opportunity for the teams. Brook Lopez is absolutely on fire. 32 minutes... 39 points, 39, most he's ever scored for Milwaukee. Four threes, two steals, three blocks, 82%, 7-7 from the line. That is the line that you dream of. Now, he was an unbelievable player last season, and then he really looked like he was struggling. The scheme was weird, nothing was working, and now he has just absolutely blown up. His game log this season is ridiculous. 13-2-0, 13-3-1, 11-7-3, 6-3-0, 13-5-0 with eight blocks, 4-7, zero blocks. 
Two points, nine points. And then 15, seven, six blocks. 12, three, two blocks. 16, nine, five blocks. And then 28 and seven today. First time he's gone over 20 points. Oh, sorry, 28 points yesterday, 39 today. Last two games are the only times he's gone over 20 points, but he is absolutely flying. He went from a guy that was really struggling to a guy that's turned into a, maybe a sell high. Well, actually, and I know you'll disagree. Well, Josh, you just think he's a sell high because you were, you were down on him. No, I just think he's a sell high because he's hitting 78% of his twos. And I just think that that's probably got 20 percentage points of regression, maybe, perhaps at least 10. And that brings things down. He is just on an absolute heater with the shot and it is going to come down, but it's been great. And I thought there was a chance that he wouldn't maintain what he would, what he did last season, but he has, and he's actually stepped up in other areas. He's been awesome. Um, what else we got to talk about? Chris Middleton. Yeah, not good. Last game, we saw the ramp up out of nowhere up to 29 minutes. Today, early in the third quarter, Achilles tightness. Mm, 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 mm. Uh, not good. 7-1-5. We'll see if it's just precautionary or what's going on. Don't be shocked if he misses time, which is frustrating. Lillard had 31-7-10. Giannis had 31-9 with three steals and a block. Um, decent enough free throws from Yanni as well. While Leaky Beasley had 9-11 in 27 minutes and Punch Bob... Two and six in twenty-five. Portis is, has, is really not playing well. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have thought. Um, I didn't love him as a pick around pick hundred. Um, I think he was droppable early in the season. He was addable when Crowder went down, and now I'm not so sure. I probably still would hold him, especially with the Middleton injury. I wouldn't rush to add Connaughton, who was shit again, and he's just not really a twelve-team league player. But I'm a little worried about where things are going here for Portis because he just can't really seem to elevate his production to the level that he would need to, I would think. He's just he's not he's just not quite not quite the same. I think that's fair. The Nuggets, the Rockets, Houston, after losing a few in a row, come out and they smash Denver. 105-86. Big Chungus did enough. 42 minutes, 38, 19 and 8 with three steals. That's great for him. The free throws are a little weird. He's had a couple of these games this season. He goes seven of uh, eleven from the line. But they were, or Aaron Gordon stunk. Imagine missing all 12 of your shots. Two points, 0% shooting, seven rebounds. An absolute shit sandwich of a game. Michael Ponder Jr. only took 14 shots and had 14 and seven. Reggie Jackson had two points. He tried to Aaron Gordon his way, but at least he hit a shot, 14% shooting. He had been a pretty solid fill-in for Jamal Murray. This stinks, obviously. Well, KCP went off offensively. 20 points, 15 shots, three steals, five rebounds. You know my thoughts on him. Steals guy, a stream guy for defense, but obviously not someone that I trust for um, regular production. They are going to make changes to their rotation. Peyton Watson, I think, is out. Um, Zeke Naji came in for one minute in the second half, and they jerked his ass out of there. He ended up playing just four minutes, and they went, unfortunately, to Justin Holiday. And they're going to try and play Justin Holiday as the answer to their bench units. And I'm sorry to tell you, like Michael Malone, you need you need this sound in the locker room. Because Justin Holiday has been washed for two years. And if you think this game proves that he's not, well, I've got some problems. Well, you've got some problems. Um, their bench is, uh, is an issue. And also, this is another great example of this, right? A great example. This is not a blanket rule, much like it's not a blanket rule the other way. The Nuggets got really interesting success out of Christian Brown last season, an older player who contributed in the finals. So they went, all right, we need to draft under uh, upperclassmen in college because they're NBA-ready. Let's load up on NBA-ready players. Julian Strauber, 10th-year senior Jalen Pickett, not really, but 5th-year. Hunter Tyson, let's load up. They're going to be NBA-ready. And this is just one of the biggest fallacies that exists. 
the reason they have stayed in college as long as they have is because they weren't good enough for the NBA. And if they were good enough for the NBA, they would have been in the draft four years earlier. It's not to say that these older players can't become good or can't become useful, but teams use this still as a blanket rule. Nah, he's NBA ready. He's NBA ready. He's got all the college experience. He's NBA ready. The reason they stay in college is because they're not good enough for the NBA at younger ages. So what happened here? We had Pickett play zero minutes. We had Tyson play zero minutes. You had um, Strouder go scoreless in six minutes. Relying upon older rookies because they're NBA ready is a fallacy. And I don't know how long it takes to just break that habit from NBA teams. How about Shangun? 43 minutes going up against um, baby Shangun in Jokic. 21, 15, and 8 with two steals and a block for Alperen, who's been amazing. While Van Vliet, just the 39 minutes, 17, 6, and 11, a steal and two blocks. Are the defensive stats coming back? Let's hope so. Jabari Smith, quietly, being pretty good. 16 and 15, 2 threes, steal and a block. His two point percentage is way up. And Jalen Green, also really good. 25 and 5, 3 steals and 3 threes. That's two good ones in a row from Jalen. There were two or three shit ones in a row before that. I still believe you want to roster him, but it is going to be um, pretty up and down. Also, the Houston Rockets tweeting out an over under on the amount of three point attempts sponsored by DraftKings that Jalen Green takes. Absolutely disgusting and ridiculous. Just one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. It's like, I know sports betting is relatively new to be legal in the States, but it's like you guys have got no idea what you're doing, teams. Like, how can any of this shit be, how can you not look at this and go, oh, that's a bad look? And shout out to nearly everyone on Twitter who saw it and went, bro, take this down. Are you idiots actually serious? You cannot tweet that out as a team. You cannot go into any agreement with any sports book like this. It is insane that a team would do that. I, you cannot defend it within a single inch of anything. You can't. It's embarrassing and it's disgusting. It's it, it's absolutely ridiculous. I don't think you can roster Tari Eason in 12-team leagues. Not about him. It's about the minutes. And the same goes with the men Thompson, who's going to be back soon. He's going to play back through the G League for a couple of games, apparently. Eason had seven in 16 minutes with a steal and a three. There just aren't enough minutes. While Dylan Brooks had 25% shooting, eight points, two threes. Memphis Dylan is back, baby. And he's still rostered in 12-team leagues. I feel like the 69% of 12-team leagues that are rostering Dylan Brooks haven't checked their rosters for two weeks. Why is he still rostered in that many leagues? That needs to be fixed. There's no way that should be the reality. All right, the next one was the Spurs and the Warriors. This one uh, looked like the Warriors had it in hand, and the Spurs with a weird comeback. Not a weird comeback. It was a weird performance from the, the Warriors down the stretch. But they do get the victory in the end, 118-112. Keldon Johnson, you know my criticisms of Keldon Johnson in the past. But you have to give him credit because he has turned his game around. He's doing way more things. More assists, more defensive numbers as a general rule, more rebounding. 22-12-4, two steals and three threes. He last season was a usage guy, and that is it. Bad efficiency and nothing else. The, the usage has come way down, as we thought it would, but he's been able to add in and contribute in other areas, which I didn't know that he had. So well done to Calden. I'm sure he love, loves to hear that from me. Loves it. Big game from him. Weminyama, 22-8 with two blocks on 44%, taking a lot of shots. Pretty good game from him. While Vassell played off the bench, just, just start him. What are you waiting for here? 24 with four rebounds and 4-3. Surely he starts next game. And Malachi Branham's the one that started... This man does as little with 
more than I've seen any player at the moment. Yes, he had a few good games last season, but he's one of these players that needs... There's a, there's a corollary I'm trying to think of, and I can't remember the player who it is where he needs sort of everything out, and then he just gets the ball and runs with it the whole time and puts up good numbers. And that's what happened at the end of last season. But six points, 33% shooting, zero rebounds. He's Calden Johnson. One assist, one steal. He just, he's not up to it at this point. Bad night from Zach Collins. Six and eight with six assists on six, 17% shooting. That's rough. And the Trey Jones, Jeremy Sohan minutes golf widened. The production didn't, but the golf did. Sohan played 33 minutes, 7, 6, and 4, while Jones had 17 minutes for 7, 5, and 2. Now, interestingly, Jones was a minus 10 in this one, while Sohan was a plus 1. It is impossible for me to think that Jones is a good hold if his minutes keep dropping down to be strictly as a pure backup. I, I don't think you can do that. At some point, sure, there might be an injury, but it is very clear at this point to me that the plan is not for him to start over Sohan at all. And I, I think we have to accept that. Sohan wasn't great, 7, 6, and 4, but he probably does... I don't, even, I don't even know. I feel like I go back and forth on Sohan every game. Does he need to be rostered? Does he not? I'm not sure. Maybe. Sometimes, yes. Like It's it's very back and forward in terms of usage and role, but the minutes are at least secure. For the Warriors, Dario Saric with another big game. 20 and 8, 4 threes, 4 assists, 64% off the bench. The problem here is, is that Draymond returns next game. So does that have an impact on Saric? Because Saric has outplayed Looney most of this time. I don't mind trying him out, but I'm not I'm not really sure that it's going to be able to hold. Steph had 35, 3 and 6 with 7 threes, continues to be really good. While Chris Paul came off the bench, I'm guessing in preparation for Draymond's return, 5 points with 10 assists. We saw him really struggle coming off the bench and play way better as a starter, so let's see where this goes. We hold him, and then we see how that develops while Kaminga continues to struggle. And Moses Moody's the one who started over Chris Paul. Not really sure why. 17 minutes for him for nine points. And Prajemski played 12 minutes for zero points. Andrew Wiggins, another stinker. I don't know what has happened. There is clearly something wrong here. Injury, mental, off the court. I don't know. I've got no idea. We've heard there's some thoracic outlet stuff with him. But every game, bar one, he has just been bad. Like, it's just consistently bad, consistently low minutes. There's absolutely no reason, I don't think, to be holding Andrew Wiggins. Sure, he might improve. But five weeks in here, and it's just been bad, bad, bad. Like, continually bad. Outside the top 300, bad. And I don't really get it. And I know that people... I told you, people get so upset. Clay Thompson. Where are we at? He had two games which were okay. And in one of those ones where he scored well, he was like a minus 30 as the starters got cooked. And then he had, what, 15 points on 27% shooting. The six assists are nice. Do you need to roster Clay Thompson? He's the 184th ranked player. He's 159th in points leagues before today. Um, it's it's way harder for me to suggest that Clay is a drop more than Wiggins. But the numbers would suggest that you have to consider it. And even if he does turn it around and improve consistently, what are you missing? That's the question. Are you missing out on a top 50 player? I don't think so. I probably still will, would hold in majority cases. But that's another not particularly strong game from Clay Thompson. All right, the last game of the day. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to, as the kids would say, I'm gonna have to bounce after this game. Um, I'm not gonna be able to do the end of night awards. I've got to, I got to be out. But you know, we got through as much as we could get through. So let's look at, uh, let's look at the game. The Pelicans, big win on the road over the Clippers, one sixteen, one oh six. Another good night from Valanciunas, and the minutes are pushing up. 
That's encouraging. He didn't have the blocks, which were bumping his value, but 28 minutes, 12 and 8, 4 assists, 67%. Herb Jones got in extreme foul trouble. That's why he played only 24 minutes, but honestly, the numbers are still good. Now, his shooting is wild. I think he shot 16% last game. He's at 71 here. 14, 4 and 4 with three threes are still on a block. Posting up ridiculous numbers. You try and sell for any top 50 guy, I believe, but he's been awesome. And Dyson Daniels played 35 minutes, 7, 8, and 6 with a triple one. We know that that's a low usage line, obviously, but everything else there is really good. I don't see it holding when CJ returns, but it's good nonetheless. I think you can drop Jordan Hawkins, who had eight points in two threes. That inevitably, inevitably means he has 35 points with 10 threes in the next one, but you don't have to hold him. Well, Ingram had 30, and Zion had 32, 6, and 5 with two steals and shot 52% on 25 attempts. We want Zion around 60, but he has improved of late after a really really rough start to begin the season. I do think there is significant risk that Zion sits tomorrow, but I haven't had that confirmed. A lot of minutes for Najee Marshall. Some might say too many. 27 of them. Five points, 0% shooting with seven rebounds. He does really struggle to be a 12-team league guy outside of a streaming option, which might actually show itself tomorrow if uh, Zion is out. Ingram dropped in 30 and four with four assists to a pretty good game. For the Clippers, Norman Powell, I didn't think we'd see him, but he's there. He played 27 minutes, 20, 20 points, three threes, and three steals, 62%. He's shooting, again, really efficiently. He's an interesting points and three stream because he's getting a lot of these closing minutes. While Paul George, the usage for him is way up, 38%. He's the guy taking all the shots. Not Kawhi, it's him. I don't, I don't know why, but he is. 34 points on 30 shots is not great. Four threes, eight rebounds, no defensive stats. He has been really good, but that is not the best line. While Kawhi, 20 and seven, a triple one. Still low usage, man. 24 usage for Kawhi. I don't think we're getting big usage Kawhi back. I don't know, but I'm readjusting my expectations. They started Terrence Mann. He had 7-2-5 with two steals and a block, but PJ Tucker started the second half. We're obviously not rostering Mann outside of very deep leagues, and we don't care for Tucker, but the 14 minutes for Russell Westbrook should be sounding big alarms. Three points, 13%. Now, last game, he had 25 minutes. Cool. Like I said, when the trade went down, I and when then when he moved to the bench, I don't think he's going to hold 12-10 value. If you want to move on from him, I think you absolutely can without really too many problems. And Zubats played 21 and Tice played 21. That also means to me that Zubats in shallow leagues is a drop. The fact that Tice has already cut those minutes, like we thought that Zubats could play 29 because there Mason Plumley got hurt. But no, Tice got signed. Zubats minutes dropped down. You move on. It's not good enough to hold if he's only playing, even if he's playing 25 a night, Zubats, that's not, a, that's not really even a 12-team league guy. So I think you can, in certain circumstances, move on. Not a good night from Jimmy Harden, eight points, but he did supplement it. Five rebounds, 10 assists, four steals, and a block. Shot 22 from the field, which stinks, and three of six from the line is also just putridly dreadful. Harden obviously is not the same guy as previous seasons. I'm not sure he becomes a top 20 player. I think top 30 is reasonable from here on out, but the low usage for him seems to be a little bit of a feature of how they're using him in this team. And I'm not sure that he and Kawhi bump those numbers back up. We're still working in progress with this team, but we're not um, we're not fully there. We're not fully there. That, I believe, I'm just looking at this. I think my box score might've been one three-pointer off on, from the Clippers. 109 is what they scored. I had them at 106 on the basketball one to one. I hadn't fully updated. So I do apologize because I missed a three for somebody. Who did I miss it for? As I just zoomed my face into the, to the thing. I can't actually tell. I'm not sure it really matters. Anyway, 116, 109 was the final score for the Pelicans there over the Clippers. And that's it. 
thanks guys for being a part of the show. Thanks for watching. Thanks for liking. Thanks for everything. Sorry, it's not a full show. So I'm not doing the monstrous line of the night, all that sort of stuff. I really do have to boot. So uh, thumb it up, subscribe, follow, all that sort of stuff, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.